Welcome to another edition of Rose City Politics, where we inform, debate, discuss, and yes, sometimes even mock municipal issues in Windsor and Essex County. Sound off during the show through our Twitter account, at RCP Windsor. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rose City Politics. We've got a huge show for you tonight, but before we get into it, I want to introduce myself and the panel. Uh, I'm Doug Sartori. I happen to be sitting in the host chair tonight, and uh, I'll start. Let's all introduce ourselves. I'll start. Mark Oscar, yeah, I haven't been here left. for a while. Yeah, welcome back, Mark. Sarah Morris. Sarah, welcome. Don Merrifield, I've never actually heard of this show. Don just wandered in off the street and... You're the only one. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm Pat Papadias. Welcome. And uh, we have the wonderful Lauren Hedges twiddling the knobs in the background, making us sound good. Um, Do you guys want to take note of the fact that that we're... uh, This is the first show... I'm trying not to say anything. (laughs) This is the first show after our one-year anniversary of our podcast. Hey, Uh, anniversary. We we made it, guys. Mm -hmm. We lasted longer than some marriages. (laughs) (laughs) Why you got to look at me when you say that, Pat? (laughs) This week on the show, uh, we are going to spend a significant amount of time talking about the um, entry into the mayor's race of um, Chamber of Commerce CEO Matt Marchand. Definitely um, uh, has changed the dynamics of the mayor's race, so there's a whole lot to unpack there. Um, There are a couple of other candidates who have entered um, ward races. We will touch on those. Um, And then we have a lightning round chock full of topics to round out the show. But let's start um, with the launch of uh, Matt Marchand's campaign for mayor. So uh, let's talk about the the launch itself, uh, and and then we can get into um, perhaps some of the details about the um about uh how we think this will affect the race but um just to set the table a little bit um matt marchand is a uh, this comes from his website uh vote uh, matt is a windsor native who graduated from the university of windsor um, he has a graduate degree from the london school of economics he is the president and ceo of the windsor essex region chamber of commerce and a member of the board of directors for the Canada-U.S. Business Association. And in his free time, Matt enjoys boating, cycling, and running. Okay, and yesterday, uh, he launched his campaign um, with a press conference. Um, Did anybody here see that press conference? I did not. Okay, everyone else shaking their heads. Okay, It uh, it was in the middle of the day on a work day. Um, and it First was... problem with the launch of the campaign. So, um, for... Not really. <laughs> 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 that's the, yeah, well, that's uh, when news will show up. Yeah, he, he, I saw some video um, from the launch and uh, some, some of it on uh, CBC, and it looked like there was a decent crowd. He had some supporters. I noticed there was some uh, instant support uh, for Mr. Marchand uh, from the community on social media. Um, notable folks uh, included um, Karen Plunkett, uh, I noted that Mike Lesperance was out there um, uh, pointing out that Matt was in the race and that it would be a game changer um, as well. Chris Ryan was there. Yeah, Chris Ryan was there. And um, uh, sorry, uh, um, the... Uh, Dino uh, No. Carol uh, Derbyshire. Thank you. Carol Derbyshire of the uh, the hospice. So so definitely some um, well-known names in the community were, were there either in person or in spirit to support uh, Mr. Marchand. Um, 
And uh, so at his launch, and I'm going to read from the Windsor Star, uh, he launched his campaign by stating that he's the candidate uniquely qualified to improve the city. Uh, this is a quote from Marchand. Our community needs a leader who can bring people together to achieve results. We need a mayor who listens to and respects everyone. Um, the article goes on to say that he avoided any direct criticism of current Mayor Drew Dilkins, but hinted at the sometimes divisive nature of city council politics. Um, Marchand, whose website is votemarchand.com, described Windsor's great potential, saying, we need to bring people together to harness that potential. I am the person to do that. Um, and he repeatedly cited the words in his slogan, vision, plan, action. Uh, the tone of the Star article um, indicates that he was somewhat short on specifics. When pressed, uh, presumably by reporters, he said, I can tell you this, we're going to be consulting at length with the community over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to be laying out a very specific campaign, a very specific platform, um, then said he wants to put out a positive message. So uh, that was the launch. He's out there. One other thing that we should probably uh, point out is that... Um, there was a, uh, a bit of confusion around um, Mr. Marchand's uh, job status uh, at, the, um, at the end of the sort of the end of the day. Um, it's, you know, the uh, Chamber of Commerce has appointed an, an <coughs> acting CEO, uh, which, which seems to be a little bit contrary to the um, comments Mr. Marchand made that he is... Um, in t he's on vacation and intends to go back to work. So a little bit of uh, a little bit of confusion there, and we'll watch that. Um, start with you, Mark. What did you think about the launch itself, and what do you think about what what you just heard? I thought it was you no know, a textbook accurate launch. I mean, it was uh, he he hit all the right notes. He hit um, so, so you saw that the right people were there. I mean, people like Chris. He had business community people there. He had people from the you know the, the union and labor market there. He had uh, he said the right things. I mean, he he's gonna whether he wants to say criticize drew or not he's positioning himself as the anti drew dilkins i mean he's he's I mean, you know when you say stuff like you're going to be respectful of the community that is anti drew dilkins you know i mean that's by definition because <laughs> <laughs> okay. we all know drew hates the community well, I, mean, he's stated well, that hey, I can't times. even run a parking garage i mean he wasn't respectful for me when i went up there so and i know a, lot, a number of other people have been treated, felt they've been treated that I, way i think it's fair to say that there's some uh, implicit criticism of the way business has been conducted at the city and and that's i, I think you bring something up that's interesting um because it's sounds like Mr. Marchand wants to run um, a positive campaign. The question is, um, what is the, you know, and we're getting into what the campaign will be, but, but then what is the contrast? Um, you know, what is the reason why you should be mayor over the incumbent mayor? Um, it's going to be hard to do that if you're only talking about what you'll do. Well, for sure, because in the last campaign when Drew was running, uh, he said a lot of the same things. He was going to be more inclusive consult the community a lot more than the past mayor did than mayor francis did and you know whether that actually came to fruition or not is irrelevant but if you're just going to say this you have to assume drew's going to come out and say kind of the same thing again because yeah, but worked. now drew has a track record right so he has yeah. a track record of not being transparent he has a track record of not being consulting with the community and doing minimum on the guidelines but wouldn't wouldn't it make sense for matt to actually emphasize that then yeah. Yes, and maybe that's there's more to come. I mean, it's really it's summertime, right? So do you really want to start hitting your you know strongest punches right now? That's, a, that's another know. question. Is he too early? Well, I, and that's an interesting question. I I think 
you're not wrong, uh, Mark. I don't disagree that you don't want to necessarily pull out your big guns on day one, especially in the summer. Mm -hmm. But I think what is really important, um, at least in my view for campaigns, is um, consistency and consistency of message. And the things that you say on day one may not be all the things that you're going to say or have all the details, but they should make sense and be consistent all the way down the line. Pat, what are your thoughts on the launch? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm just going to pick up from what you said, and I sort of lost the article there on your phone. If you could give that, put that back up. Um, I, I think, I think he, there is a path to being consistent there. Um, you know, regardless of how the uh, Windsor Star article framed it, um, saying that he did not take a direct hit, I think it's it's a pretty direct hit. He's running. Uh, I think it's very clear to anyone who follows uh, local politics that by saying the things that he did, he's positioning himself as having the uh, qualities and attributes of a, of a leader um, that's uh, going to present something very different than Drew Dilkins. So I think it's there. I don't think he could have come out swinging uh, mm-hmm. on day one. I don't think that you know we would have been having he? a whole other exactly. We would have been having a whole other conversation. I think his. Um, I, I like the vision plan action it it's you know three words um and i like the chronology of that um you know backing up from that um you know until he gets to sort of launching the campaign although i think he i'm I'm looking at the notes here he did indicate some priorities Mm -hmm. i think that um he's talking about consultation which is a kind of odd piece um that actually i thought um because when you're talking about vision plan and action i think at some point you have you will have wanted to have an idea of what that's going to be i mean you're choosing to lead the city what is the vision that you're going to present? I think the time for consultation, there's all, all sorts of opportunity for consultations, you know, not just before you're elected, but even after you're elected and an ongoing basis, something that we don't really um, appreciate because we don't have a lot of it in the community. But, um, you know, now is the time to be actually at some point telling us what that vision is going to be so that we're, we're, we're clear as to, you know, which is the path forward, what is going to differentiate you um, from the incumbent, you you know, we're of course assuming that uh, Drew Dilkins is at some point going to um, run and uh, declare that he's running. So now, when you say vision, uh, plan, action—that's the same to me as ready, aim, fire. Now, ready, fire, aim has always worked for me. So, but for the most part, it's a natural thing just to say that. So these are, you know, they're really um, truisms, really. Right? You know, plan, vision, plan, action, and it's 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 good that he's leading off with that. I think part of this is for people like us to ask the question. So I think that's what's going to really help, you know, forward his campaign. I like that he's doing it this way because it's going to be, I think, for us to bring it out. So we're going to be, like, I've got a lot of questions to ask of the chamber. I've got a lot of questions to ask how his position is different, differentiate from the chamber and that. And I think that's what's going to bring out who he is, is us, us asking, the public asking, well, where do you stand on these different issues? I, I'm so happy that he's running just to, just so that we have someone to talk about these issues. So had he not run, I don't believe any of these issues would have been raised. I think it's uh, just to pick up on that and welcome Kieran McKenzie. We're going to find you a microphone just as Hi, soon everybody. as we can. Um, just to pick up from that, I think it's really important um, that we have a, uh, a credible mayor's race and a credible challenger. I think, you know, I think it's something that I've alluded to before on the show. Um, every election should be contested. Uh, every election should be contested um, hotly and all points of view deserve good representation. So I'm really glad uh, that Mr. Marchand has entered the race. Just picking up on um, uh, what Pat was saying, there are 
so there are some priorities listed on um, the website and I just want to list those off to kind of set the table and then we're going to go to Kieran since he just got here. Um, the priorities that uh, Mr. Marchand listed on the website are fixing key infrastructure issues such as sewers and roads, cleaning up the downtown, um, in brackets, clean, safe, and to attract new business, uh, bring in higher quality jobs, developing key affordable gathering areas for families and people of all ages, develop an inclusive neighborhood strategy with keen focus on declining areas, develop an emerging tech sector, uh, and restore transparency, accountability, and community participation. So um, definitely, uh, I think there is, you know, just to go to Pat's point in terms of implicit contrast with the uh, current administration of the city, uh, there's definitely some contrast there uh, in terms of priorities. I, you know, aside from the motherhood issue of uh, sewers and roads, um, I think that, that all of these points present a point of differentiation from uh, Mayor Dilkins. Kieran, what do you think about Matt Marchand's launch? Um, I'll just echo some, and apologies for being late here this evening, but I'll echo some of the um, uh, things that, Doug, you were just saying. Uh, I'm ecstatic that we're about to see what I think is going to be the most competitive mayoral race since uh, 2006, the Mara versus Francis tilt. And that's with the utmost respect for folks who have run for mayor uh, in that interim period, uh, people like Rick Limoges and um, John Milson, Larry Horowitz, people, you know, people who, and, and the host of others, everyone has put their name in. They all deserve the credit for being, uh, for, you know, volunteering for that kind of public. Timothy level. Dugdale. <laughs> Way out there, Tim Dugdale. That's right. Ernie, Ernie Lamont. But, you know, so, I mean, with that said, though, um, it's and this is this is I'll, I'm going to skip ahead to the media discussion just a little bit. I hope I'm not stealing anyone's thunder. Don't come in here and ruin the show. Sorry Karen. about that, but I just I just I, I, and we'll we'll dig into this much deeper. I just am very disappointed with the way the media has covered this launch. Uh, I'm ecstatic he, he he's in. I think he's identified some priorities that a lot of people uh, across the community can um, uh, can recognize as being. Things that are um, not only just points of differentiation between him and the current mayor, but things that are priorities for people, generally speaking. So he's on the right track. And we got a bunch of nonsense in terms of what is what the HR policy with the chamber in terms of the coverage for the last day. And uh, so I'm disappointed with the media period. I'll just put that out there flatly. I think the coverage has been somewhat irresponsible and served the community very well by trying to by at least giving uh, people the information that they need about Matt Marchand to um, to start to have the discussion as to who's going to be our next mayor. I, well, I'm, I'll jump in there. I, I um, again because I was at work and didn't get a chance to see the uh, the launch. I read about it uh, through the media, and I, I thought I, I, my immediate reaction was that's a very weird report. Uh, the reporting of his launch, um, you know, uh, the whole there was in fact, and I don't know if we're going to. I think it was hmm, CBC um, that immediately came out with that. I mean, I you know. The story hadn't even set in. Who is this guy? 
and why is he running? And I'm going to come back to who is this guy in a minute, uh, because I don't think um, uh, that everybody knows who Matt Marchand is. I think actually that's going to be one of his main challenges, and that goes back to the question that Don asked, which is too early, and my answer, my view is absolutely not. It's absolutely not too early to be coming out and announcing that he's uh, decided to throw his uh, name on the, on the mural ballot, because I don't think um, uh, enough people know who he is, uh, and probably I think uh, his campaign would be overestimating, in fact, how many people think he knows him. They're going to have a challenge to do that, but I'm going to yeah. continue to... Th- okay, go ahead. Sure. You want to interrupt uh, me? I have something on that point, but... Yeah, okay, so there's a few points here. I'm going to go back to the media. Um, so I don't think it's it's too early. I think, you know, somebody who's coming in, who's going to uh, put up a race, uh, those of us that are involved in, you know, campaign side of things know that he's going to have to raise a significant amount of money. He's going to have to get those commitments. You don't get those by announcing in August. And in fact, you mentioned Rick Limoges. Rick Limoges could have been a, a much more competitive race. Uh, one of the key problems, the first key problem for Rick Limoges was he entered the ra- uh, uh, race very late. The second key problem that I think that Rick Limoges uh, faced was his association with Labour, and I think we can come back to that uh, in a few minutes um, about Matt Marchand. But going back to the media report, um, you know, they did not, you know, I did not hear that Matt Marchand, for example, was the uh, policy assistant to uh, former Mayor Mike Hurst from 1992 to 2003 until later in the segment. Or, I mean, these are really the things that you need to lead. Who is he? What is his experience? Uh, why, are, why are we actually spending a five-minute segment at all on the media on CBC, or why are we reading about it in an article in the paper when we've had several others others that have put themselves forward, which we have not had that coverage. So clearly, the media recognize that that this is a you know a, a force um, that can change the the, the race, um, but I don't think they gave it its due by focusing on on that issue. Now, having said that. I didn't see the answers to that, and it could be that he himself was not ready for those questions, and they picked up on something um, that they felt uh, was not planned well enough to answer, and that they saw something there, and and it became a different kind of story. So I think that, like, my view is, I think that the um, covering the issue in that way is somewhat fair. Um, I thought the CBC coverage was maybe a little bit more sensationalistic than the Windsor Star coverage, Um, but... Uh, I'm just going to yeah. somewhat fair. What is that? I want to know what somewhat fair. So is. I think it's a legitimate, I think it's a legitimate question to ask when, uh, if a candidate's employer and a candidate don't have their stories quite straight on that, that, um, candidate's employment status. I think that's, uh, that's something that's worth reporting, but, is um, that the lead the day of the, lunch? well, and that's, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, so let's talk, let's turn it around and talk about what a campaign could do. Um, in order to inoculate itself against that kind of risk. And I think uh, at least going back to, and again, none of us saw it, so we're all going on secondhand reports, but going back to that Windsor Star piece, um, it, you know, there was definitely an attempt to convey uh, a limited amount of substance in the press conference. Uh, you know, there, I think the phrasing is short on details. So um, one of the ways that I think you could inoculate yourself against um, something like a, a quibble, you know, a quibble about, um, about employment details, one is having your story straight on it, but number two uh, is to, to have something big to put on the table at your launch or something at least medium sized to put uh, on the table at your launch. You know, there's, there's a list of priorities, and I think that, um, you know, as I said, I think those priorities are pretty good and lay down a pretty good contrast with. Uh, the current incumbent and the regime, the direction the regime in Windsor has taken the last decade or so. Um, but 
but what was the uh, what was the policy idea or um, or focus uh, area that that you could that you could point to and say that's where that's where uh, Marchand is going to put his stamp or or at least somewhat define the uh, the launch of the campaign. So I think there's there's an element of leaving an opening for um, for something random to come up and become the story if there's not enough substance there. Um, I, I want to quickly get through seven quick points. When you talk about the, this plan being... Um, in, there's um, no way to get through seven quick points. <laughs> <I can> watch, <laughs> watch, watch, watch me. So you talk about the implied contrast. So you got fixing key infrastructure. You have the current mayor um, uh, hanging, holding up alley lights. You have cleaning up the downtown... Uh, and our key infrastructure, we have, instead of in key infrastructure, we're doing Christmas lights and we're doing um, trolleys. Um, cleaning up the downtown, we have, we have a current mayor holding on alley lights. Are Bringing you... in higher quality jobs, you have call centers. Our current mayor doing call centers, ignoring the tech center. Developing key affordable gathering areas. We have the mayor working on Jackson Park instead of working on current downtown parks and places that are adjacent to businesses. Developing inclusive neighborhood strategy with clean focus on declining areas. So I'm going to stop, gonna stop too. Uh, so let's just be clear. You're reading part of the sort of platform or high-level pieces coming out of the um, on the, a part of his campaign, yeah. but the rest of what you're talking about is where you're saying he differentiates. Because I think we need to be clear for anybody listening: mm-hmm. this is not what he's saying. You know, I don't believe that we should be spending money on trolleys or whatever. We actually don't know that. I, I get that, and I think that we can all you know draw those comparisons. And I think that there's opportunity to draw them later. But I, I just want to be clear: he hasn't come out and said those are the differentiating but, points. Right. right. And nor does, to to. Nor, nor does he have nor to. Nor does he have to. Nor does he have to at this point. And that's not what I'm saying. Um, but I think that, uh, Mark, you, you sort of inadvertently pointed at, um, uh, <coughs> at what, what I think, like one of the things that I think is an issue here. And that's that um, folks around this table and probably all the wise and wonderful folks listening to this show can fill in all those blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are, uh, you know, random person in the community who maybe re- vaguely knows who Matt Marchand is, but aren't sure, um, I think that it is incumbent on a campaign to provide a little bit more on that first day, um, to, to identify and define, um, yeah. and, and actually I'm going to go further and say, I think that the, uh, first day, um, for some, for a candidate like Matt Martian, again, this campaign, uh, or this launch says to me that the advisors around him uh, who launched it believe that people know who he is and all he has to do is come out and differentiate himself on a very positive way with the current mayor and we all, all presume that the current mayor is going to be running again. I think that's a mistake. I think the community does not know who Matt Marchand is. I think people who know who the, you know what the chamber is, you know, I say this respectfully uh, about the chamber. I think the people who are involved in that level of uh, business in the community that belong to the chamber or go to events and there's you know it's a certain I don't want to use the word elite but it's a certain um, level within the community I mean uh, we just had a report the other day that talked about child poverty in this community I can assure you that the people who are talking about opioid crisis and and crime in downtown and I know that the issue about cleaning up the downtown leads to safe clean neighborhood you know it doesn't even say neighborhoods it says clean safe to attract new business so let's be really clear i mean a lot of the things that we've been hearing on that six to four division on council right now a lot of that focus has been about neighborhoods and livability and walkability i'm not seeing that immediately off his launch so this is not a a mayor 
who is suddenly deciding, oh, okay, there was a 6-4 you know, split on council. Let's see what the four are doing. He is paving his own path, and I think that's, that's, that's fine. Um, but he's assuming, and his campaign is assuming, that people know who he is and are already going to connect the dots, that presumably he has uh, business insight because he comes from the chamber, and presumably in a moment we're going to talk about his collaborative aspects by bringing together business and labor. I don't, that's, I think, step two, assume, you know, assuming that's good strategy to begin with, but step one needs to be who is this guy, um, and, and until they get that out, I don't think they're going to um, see the reaction in would the community that they're, they're expecting. I didn't go anywhere, I did safe? not go, I did not take a cab where the cab driver said, hey, did you hear this, you know, there's going to be a big mayor's race, I did not walk into a corner store. Um, you know, when there's an event in the community and people are talking about it, it you know, if you open up a conversation, you can hear... Uh, from them what their awareness level of certain things are there is not a high level of awareness of who he is that's my opinion so i'm, I'm going to disagree and agree with you pat in one breath and i'm going to totally disagree with you doug uh, as I per think, usual i think every candidate <laughs> sounds kind of um, wishy-washy to me not every can uh, many candidates often make the mistake uh, they if they have um, um you know if they're well known in their professional personal circle sometimes they make the mistake of extrapolating that to the community generally and um that uh that the network that an individual has um that is going to help them in many respects uh in a campaign it'll help them on the fundraising front it'll help them on attracting volunteers and people into their universe who might work directly on on the campaign but go knock on 100 doors and see how many people recognize you Exactly. And it's not the number you the, for somebody who thinks that they have name recognition in the community has never been on a ballot. You're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised by how few people know who you are. So, so, uh, so that said, you brought up earlier the point that you felt he was a better candidate than Milson or the other candidates who have run in the past. Why do you say that? Why the, do you feel that? Way? Well, first of all, I think the launch timing is uh, is there, and I think this campaign for. You know, and, and I'm going to take issue with your analysis, Doug, with respect to how much information needs to be out, uh, detailed information needs to be out right now. Uh, I think I think Matt, frankly, is um, is is at least as well prepared, if not better prepared, having served in the mayor's office mm -hmm. uh, than uh, than certainly uh, Mr. Limoges. Um, I know uh, John Milson served as our mayor, so. Uh, so he obviously had that experience, but John Milson also made the same mistake as Rick Limoges in terms of coming into the race very late in the game. And I think his, uh, he got into the race as more of an afterthought where this is this, um, his, uh, Matt's candidacy, I think is much more, uh, has been much more well thought out, um, in terms of the policy points, perhaps not being as developed, Doug, as you, as you would, as you would have hoped at this point, I think that's. You know, and part, part of what he's saying is, A, I'm here to listen to the, I want to listen to the community as this process unfolds. I think that there's something to be said for that. B, um, you know, showing all your cards all right up front on day one isn't always the best strategy either. And it's not that I'm suggesting that it's a good idea to keep information from the public in terms of what you might do if you're elected. I think it's quite the opposite, is you want to give each one of those potential policy planks its own opportunity to have its own life and how and let the community digest them uh in a time frame that could allow them to think about those things on an individual basis rather than almost like a you know here it all is all at once and some of it might get lost 
I agree with every word that you've said. And, and so let me be clear. Um, it's not that I think that um, Matt should have come out with a 200-page uh, pamphlet of uh, detailing all of his uh, platform planks on day one. But I think Especially that, since we know after the election of Doug Ford that that's so unnecessary. Right. But <laughs> I, Platforms are for losers. But what I, what, I think, <laughs> what I think that what I'm trying to say is that I think that what um, Mr. Marchand was looking to do yesterday was have some kind of statement or position that was going to potentially capture the imagination of people um, and, and uh, make people take a second look and say, wow, this, this is a race. Uh, and that's what I think is lacking. And so I'm just um, I, I'm going to and I, I'm going to suggest that we all do this. But if this is if I were if I were to give a piece of advice to this campaign based on what I know of Mr. Marchand and what I've observed, um, I think that what I've observed of him in his role at the chamber is that um, and maybe it's in this, it's a communication style that has developed as a result of having a role in the community as really a broker of ideas and positions um, who has to consult a lot and listen a lot. Um, I think Matt's a very careful communicator, um, and I think that he is somewhat and perhaps somewhat risk-averse in his communication. And if, um, if I were to give him a piece of advice, it would be um, to, to consider that and maybe fight against it a little bit, fight against that tendency and be a little bolder. Yeah, if this is absolutely a long game, this is seemingly what he's doing, then it's really important if you're only putting out those few very core messages right now that in the next couple months to really uh, follow through on them. So if, you know, talking to the community is a big part of that platform, then I want to see those events. I want to see that come forward, right? If uh, to see a little bit more legitimacy, not that he's not legitimate, but to give some meat to those ideas is really, I think, what's going to separate him from other candidates or, you know, the mayor in this upcoming race. So it's fine that this wasn't the, the again, the 200-page manifesto that maybe some people would put out, but uh, that's fine. That's... The, it's giving him enough time. It's not a manifesto. Which is <laughs> also... And, and no, no. I, will, like I said, he's not putting out a manifesto. Let, I will not hear a word against manifestos. That's right. My, we are very pro-manifesto my, here on Rosity Paul. My vote is currently parked with Frank Dick, who has a... Franz. It's Franz. Has a, has a nine-page nine manifesto. Mm -hmm. so. Doesn't he also have a pyramid in space with, like, an eye? Yeah, beat I, that, Matt Marchand. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Say what you will. Cruz's religion... Kieran, uh, say what you will. It's a strong platform. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's, it's all, there's the only mayoral candidate in my memory to advocate uh, kicking people in the genitals. That, oh my, <laughs> but he's not the oh only one to actually do it, so that'd be another. <laughs> How about you, Pat? Do you have some advice for uh, uh No, Mr. I don't Marshall? give my advice for actually, free. Actually, I, I got a question. Uh, actually, I do, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, well, I, oops. Was that me? Um, so, you know, I'm just going to go back to this. I actually didn't like it that we um, also mentioned that whole sort of the the, um, the issue with the uh, uh, his position at the chamber and exactly what the status was um, actually in the introduction, not to be critical of you, Doug, um, because that's, you know, I think I'm critical of, of the media for that, you know, in terms of that focus, just like uh, Kieran mentioned. So, again, um, I'm not being critical of the media. I'm just not sure that that should have been the, the a priority story. And I, I was it was a it took me at one point 
in uh, his uh, reporting, Dale Molinar, near the end. And again, this is this is from me, who follows politics and didn't really know what was going on. And I heard him say at one point, and you know, it was not exact words, but something along the lines of Matt Marchand wouldn't comment on whether he's going to get a lawyer or something along those lines. And I'm like, what does he need a lawyer for? What is going on? <laughs> Did anybody yeah. else see that? It was bizarre. And so again, sort of one I don't step know what, below, he's what not is, yet been you know, well, right. And, you know, Matt Martian wouldn't say, you know, why would he need to say that? Why did, why was he asked that? What was the behind that? So I'm not really sure what's happening. So I can only uh, um, I think that it had to do with sort of mixed messages on what that role is. Um, and, and, you know, and so I heard that, you know, he's on vacation and then there's going to be interim. So I think there was confusion. So for somebody who was, you know, you meant, you said the words well thought out, um, you know, uh, plan to run for mayor. And I think it's, we, we, we've all heard that Matt Marshall may run for mayor. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. He's been, you know, talking to people in the community. He's been seeking to see where his support may come from and all the other things that, you know, you need to do in order to make it's a huge decision. Um, so clearly, he's been thinking about it a long time um i think that he it could have been uh better rolled out that that was a bit of a hiccup for him um but otherwise again my my only real advice is i think i've already said it without framing it that way is i think he needs to focus on uh letting the uh voting public right um uh, know who he is well, let me just say, Doug, I think you're doing a fabulous job over there, first of all. So. Don's airtime doubled. That's right. Pat's <laughs> cut in half. <laughs> Whatever. So is it, uh, as we saw in the story, any of the comments that uh, local 4-4 president Diano Choto made, we haven't seen much over the last few years with the current mayor. I can't say he's done amazing things, that's for sure. Are we now going to get it's an easy to paint Matt Marchand as the labor candidate, same as they've done with the last couple elections? So you're looking right at me. I'm right looking right, right at you, labor boy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, painting the president, CEO of the Chamber of Commerce as the, quote, labor candidate, um, that's going to be a tough circle to no, square. No, it's not at all. So can I interrupt well, right there? Well, sure, you can, right. but I'm, I'm going right. to respond finish? to that right. as well, right? Okay, you finish and then I'll, I'll, I'll respond. Well, I just, I just think you look, at, you look at his history. Right. Uh, and, and where and who he is, what he and you, you talked about, Doug, as him being a consensus builder. I think that that's that's a strength um, for him to. Uh, but where does he come from? He comes from he's the leading advocate in the community for the business community. So to say now that this person is somehow, you know, a stooge of the labor is, I think, not a not a tenable position at stooge all. Stooge was Karen's word. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just leave that there. I'd like so, to hear why oh, you think absolutely. otherwise. I'll yeah. tell you why. Because the um, the opponents, and it's the same opponents actually who are going to be running uh, the mm-hmm. you know incumbents campaign, uh, assuming he runs, and I think there's no reason why he's not going to, uh, are the same people who ran the campaign essentially the same circle um, that ran uh, the campaign. Uh, against uh, uh, Rick Limoges, and it, you know, and we need to have some institutional memory in this town. If anybody thought that Rick Limoges would have ever been considered to be the Labour candidate mm-hmm. um, prior to that campaign, you would have said, "Are you nuts?" I mean, when if you if you watched uh, City Council, 
um, you knew where Rick Limoges stood on, on the spectrum. You know, he was a banker. I mean, he was, you know, he was fiscally pretty conservative. Um, you know, there's no way that anybody would have thought that. And in fact, uh, he wasn't, um, he didn't have those prior discussions, which Matt Marchand, in fact, has had extensive um, discussions. So you may say that that's a sign of a consensus builder and, and someone who can collaborate and bring parties together. And I don't disagree that that is something um, that the Marchand campaign is going to want to frame it as. I'm simply, in, I'm not taking a side here. I'm simply sure. saying it's going to, the other side is going to frame it in a completely different way. And, and don't kid yourself yeah. if that may not take root, particularly among the people who are going to be easily open to receiving that as a negative thing, because we're actually talking about it as if it is. So here's where I think that there's less of an opportunity for that message to penetrate. We're a number of years away from the 2010 strike, mm -hmm. city strike. And I think that a time does matter here. Um, the 20, and that was the, the Limoges ran in 2010, if I'm not uh, correct. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's right on the heels of it. Because in the last election, it was... Um, uh, For sure, it yeah. was. So anyway, my, my point being, it was fresh. And that divide in the community was, I think, um, much more stark. It was a much more polarizing issue of being pro-labor or non-labor. Um, I think we're I think we're in a different moment right now where those that the polit that the politics of that time doesn't readily and completely apply to today, and um, to be free, to be able to occupy the space of consensus builder, in, rather than the pushback to me from the Marchand camp is well I'm the consensus builder this guy's the polarizing individual. Mm -hmm. This is the one that's been attacking people, working people in our community. I've been trying to build those bridges so for years. I, it's interesting because, I mean, um, so, but here's the point. The point, and, and I agree with you that the uh, strike was fresh. The municipal strike was, was fresh uh, when Rick Limoges ran. Um, but it, people didn't mind that they, somebody was going to be divisive because they felt that that person that they actually voted for, which was Eddie Francis, uh, they wanted somebody that was uh, going to take strong positions, and they happened to agree with that particular position. So I think the risk that Matt Marchand runs by being, uh, you know, so, you know, would have might Matt Marchand have fared better in 2010, if that's the case, because he would have been able to be not so divisive and that the community wouldn't have been divided. Here's a person who could have been brought everybody together. I don't think the community was open to that once the issue was framed that way they were not open to that so they weren't looking for a consensus builder do you think that they're looking for a consensus builder now i'm not so sure i go back to doug's point which is he may have to come out a little stronger that nuance may not be something mm -hmm. that generally voters um, have time for when you have 30 seconds at the door and generally they don't know you and that's the first thing that you need to say and here's you know some examples you know he was the chamber president um, and so here we have, we, you know, we have his, what he said as, now mind you, as spokesperson of the chamber, how much of that was on behalf of the organization and how much of that was truly Matt? What does he think of $15 minimum wage? Because, you know, what the business community may have thought about that would have been very different than what the labor community thought of that. And I, again, I would have to go back and, and he remember. He was involved in the living wage campaign. Well, and, and so, but, and then, and then, and I watched how he said it and he walked a really tight line. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and then talked, criticized government for how they were rolling it out, because where else mm -hmm. could he land but, ex but ex exactly that criticized government. So, you know, that I'm not a big fan 
of um, you know trying to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. I think it's great to be to try and um, so you know does he or doesn't he think so? I don't know. Is it better to be to try to be all things to all people or to be somebody that I am just going to attack? A no, certain group of people, I, and I'm going to hope for the best with the other people that I'm trying to I side agree. with. You know that I don't think that. I know, I know I that am, you yeah, don't. That's why yeah. I'm saying it. And, and to me, the pushback on this, oh, look at the labor candidate, mm -hmm. is look at this guy that just, and, and I'll just say it clearly, look at Drew Dilkins, who mm -hmm. spends his time attacking workers in this community. That's what, that's the frame. I just want to just jump in because I think, we, first of all, we're way overdue for break, but who cares? <laughs> this is our podcast. Um, but uh, so I think that both of you are making some really interesting points. And I think, um, although I did say earlier, I think Mr. Marchand needs to be a little bolder um, and need to consider uh, whether his communication style needs some tweaking. I don't think that means that, I don't think that, and I, I think I agree with you here, Kieran, I don't think that that means that he necessarily should get down in the mud. Um, and be and be excited to get down in the mud. I think there's a potential that this campaign could get really ugly, and I don't think that that would serve the challenger if it did. Uh, so there's definitely a fine line to walk and a lot of things to consider. This is a, uh, um, I think that this is a very very challenging situation to um, to try to take on an incumbent. I can definitely see why there would be perception um, that the current incumbent mayor is has some weaknesses because I think he has generated some significant weaknesses for himself. Um, there are some strong fundamentals for an incumbent mayor in a time, a first term incumbent, uh, in a time of economic prosperity or I mean, that, that may be a debate in the campaign because I think we're already seeing some sort of push and pull on that, on what the relative prosperity we're experiencing right now means. So there's a lot of fundamental benefits that the mayor has um, by virtue of the fact that he is the incumbent, it is his first term, uh, and the economy is at least arguably strong. However, um, his, his conduct in the role has been, I think, extremely corrosive, and there's, has done a lot of, he's done a lot of damage to his own um, stature by depleting his stock of political capital. So I think there's an, it's potentially an opportune moment for a challenger to come into the race and there's potentially an opening for someone to take down uh, Mayor Dilkins. However, I don't think it'll be easy. Um, anyway, we do need to go to break, but I want to um, just point out a quibble I have uh, with Mr. Marchand's website because I do not want to <laughs> oh, leave. Oh, no, more opinion. Here we go. I more do, free advice. <laughs> I know. I don't want to leave this, this topic. This is Rose City Politics nerd section. Nerding out. <laughs> I don't want to leave this topic without talking about this. So this, this website. Yeah, right. Okay, you guys. Are you done laughing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yes, yes. So this website has a limited amount of content, basically one page and a couple of pop-ups. And on that page and on those couple of pop-ups, the phrase Windsor-Essex is used oh, three is times. Mm -hmm. um, I got a real problem with that. Can you repeat the full phrase? Sure. Let's keep moving Windsor-Essex forward yeah. is one. Um, become a volunteer. Yes, I am interested in helping Matt better Windsor-Essex County. Um, and there's another place where it shows up somewhere. Uh, the point that I want to make here is um, I don't like that language because I live in Windsor. I vote for a mayor of Windsor. Um, the people of Essex can vote for their own elected officials, but I want a mayor who is going to look after the interests of this city first and this region second. That's my personal view. Yeah. 
I agree with that. And in fact, um, I think we actually have a very major issue up and coming in this community that may very well pit the, you know, the, um, uh, the best interests of uh, core residents of the city of Windsor versus what's in the best interests of the region. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you're absolutely right. I think I have to agree with you. That's uh, really odd to see a lot of Windsor-Essex. That's not to say that the mayor, uh, whoever is mayor, should be working cooperatively and co collaboratively with um, uh, municipal leaders um, that are, are in adjoining neighborhoods and, and in our community generally and in the county. But um, when push comes to shove, you know, it's uh, who do they represent? Is that really the way to do it, though, by basically saying I'm going to represent everybody because those losers out in the county don't know what they're doing? That's a good way to start collaborative, <laughs> the well, collaborative no, okay. process. But that's what I'm saying is yeah. it saying the message that I'm going to work for Windsor-Essex, basically dismissing all the, all the elected officials in Essex? You know, I, and I don't I, – I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that that's intentional. I don't Absolutely think that that's not. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's intentional, but is I, that how it's going to be taken? I, well, right. I don't think that message is intentional, but I think. Uh, I well, think I'm going to give you a very direct um, example. Uh, the mega hospital issue is going to be coming yep. up. Um, and so I think there's a good example of where arguably you can say that what's in the interest of the region is not necessarily uh, aligned with what's in the interest of Windsor residents. Uh, if you say that I'm looking out for the interests of Windsor-Essex, that's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other decision, perhaps, if that's your focus. So that's an example. I'm not suggesting that that's the reason he has said it, but that's what comes to my mind. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about the mega hospital. And so I, I, I'm going to leave that for another, mm -hmm. another um, in the context of this mayoral a, Another 45 million. Well, yeah. 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 But just to, to, on that's the, a on teaser this, from Kieran you know, McKenzie. On, on this issue, on mm -hmm. this issue though, um, the to, to the second part of the point that you were making, Pat, um, about this and, and going back to the notion of consensus building, we do have a tremendous amount of issues and 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 pressure points, sore points between the city and the county. So if Matt is portraying himself as a bridge builder, consensus builder, the notion that he's going to be able to that, he, that if he I, I, I take it that he's signaling that he's trying that he's going to be somebody that will be able to work with his counterparts in the county. So you think that's achieve, deliberate language? I think it is. I, I think th there's no, absolutely no doubt. If, it. it's, well, uh, I, if it's deliberate language, I hate it's, it. It's yeah. poorly chosen language then because I think you can say um, then then you can come up with the attributes that you have and yeah. we've actually um, we can essentially this 40 minutes or so that we've been on can act as a focus group for his campaign because <laughs> they can pull some key language of what we talked about mm -hmm. um, which they already know because they're trying to position it um, him as as, a, as somebody who can be a consensus builder and so use that language and use that um, and be honest and authentic about that if that's what mm -hmm. you want to be and that means that you can work and build consensus with um, um, the adjoining communities mm -hmm. uh, for an overall better region but that's very different than Windsor-Essex um, on, on a mayoral campaign piece. So we're going to go to break. <laughs> uh, and when we come back from break, we are going to have the most intense lightning round you ever heard. Uh, I do want to call out just before. Uh, oh God, what time is it? You just, yeah, like, don't, you get like, <laughs> just before we go, I just want to call this out. Our Twitter account <laughs> okay. is at RCP Windsor. Is that all right with yes, you guys? Yes, but yes. don't tweet us. We don't have any time to read your <laughs> stupid tweets at this point. Tweet. <laughs> Tweet at the show, uh, especially if you uh, loved what we had to say or were completely outraged especially by it. Especially if you're outraged. Yeah, we want to hear the outrage. We'll try okay. harder if you're Doug, not. what are you All doing? Right. <laughs> we, can, we can go to break now. Welcome to this week's Rose City Politics Events Calendar. Thursday, 
June 21st, National Indigenous Peoples Day at the Chimchat Museum. And Friday, June 22nd, Good Night Sunrise and Mermaids Exist are at Hog. French Fest is at Chicharo Club. Saturday, June 23rd, Canadian Port of Entry walkabout for the upcoming Gordie Howe International Bridge meets at Sandwich and Shepherd. The Queer, Trans, and Spectrum Coffee House open mic is at We Trans Support. Free outdoor screening of the 1993 film The Sandlot is at the Riverside Baseball Park. Alive at Night with Psychic Void, All But Six, and Dear Birth are at the Beer Exchange. Monday, June 25th, the 60th annual fireworks are at the Detroit River. The next regular city council meeting is Monday, July 23rd. Check out Rose City Politics on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to premium content on Patreon. If you'd like your event featured here, please contact us through social media. Okay, welcome back to Rose City Politics. Um, before we get into the uh, lightning round, Pat, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about the upcoming Blues Fest? I do. I want to um, tell our listeners uh, that um, you know we're uh, we've been um, uh, supporters of. Uh, uh, the Blues Fest that goes on every year. Uh, Rob Petroni and Layuna and uh, uh, Jeff Burrows have come up to our, uh, have come and done the show every every year with us uh, just before Blues Fest. So hopefully we're going to get them on uh, before that is. But I uh, want to do a shout out for them. Uh, the tickets are available. They're hot. Uh, Blues festwindsor.com it's happening at Windsor Riverfront uh, Festival Plaza July 12 to 15. And I just watched actually today, and I never take like 44 minutes to watch a video. And and I'm going to be, I can't remember the fellow's name who does the podcast, who does a great job. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? He did a podcast with Petroni. And, is he and one of our? Is he one of our rivals? AJ? Yeah. No, well, don't name uh, that guy. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Absolutely. AJ Vandenberg. Uh, yes, yeah. thank you. He does. I thought it was great, and uh, only because for those that you know, there's you know, there's an issue in our community, and it was a pretty open discussion about the you know the you know the history of Blues Fest and, sure. and the changeover of Blues Fest. So if anybody has uh, wants to watch that, I, I really recommend that. So anyway, July 12 to 15. Get your blues on. Awesome. Okay, guys. Are you ready for this? All right. Lay it on us. What is this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Old-timey car horn. It's the return of the old-timey car horn. I'm not playing. (laughs) (laughs) You love it, Pat. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to give four full minutes to each topic. Yeah, four minutes. Uh, And we're going to start with Kieran, which is like the uh, extra extreme difficulty lightning round. Okay, I'm going to kill this. (laughs) Starting with you. Okay, Kieran, uh, I'm going to set the table. This does not count towards your time. Okay, Okay, Okay. (laughs) topic. You don't have four minutes. I'm ready. You have one fourth of four minutes. Okay. Starting with the new candidates uh, in Ward 5, we have uh, Lillian B. Cruselli. Uh, who has a platform on youth votes, hosts events for constituents, and collaboration with neighborhood groups, worked for the Senate of Canada since September 2017, uh, and is previously a student at the University of Ottawa, and new candidate in Ward 10. Uh Uh Uh-oh, we got something going on here. Okay, all right, I'll try not to move. Uh, New candidate in Ward 10, Mohamed Chams. Um, New old. 
new old candidate. That's right, because in 2010, he or 2014, he ran in Ward 10, uh, got a respectable 16% uh, of the vote, respectable considering that the winner got like 22. Um, in the mayoral race in 2010, uh, he got 1,500 Did votes. Did he get more votes in the mayoral race or in the council race? Uh, he got more raw votes in the mayoral race. Okay. Yeah, that's an it's, interesting point. It's well. It's, okay. Oh, but so, you never city. know. You never know. Okay, so new candidates in wards 5 and 10. Go, Kieran. What are your thoughts? Um, well, welcome to the race. Uh, welcome back to the race for uh, to Muhammad. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's great. Um, the, the more the merrier, the more people that get into the race, the more people that want to be engaged and, and drive the discussion in municipal politics. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, ward five, uh, you know, just the politics. Let, let me start with Ward ten. Ward ten is, you know, the last race. You already touched on it. Twenty-two percent of the vote was able to win it. Um, it's it's one of those. It's a very winnable seat. Uh, the incumbent, uh, in my opinion, is one of the worst councillors we've ever seen elected to Windsor City Council. Wow. Paul Borelli. Uh, so he's extremely vulnerable, and uh, you know, I, I think anybody would be better. Uh, including <laughs> Mohammed Chomps. So good luck to him. <laughs> That's not exactly well, there's, a, there's an endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, are you? Are you and, good? And, la and last point. Where's the um, car horn, man? The, uh, the the young lady. I forget her. I'm sorry. I, you know, sincere Lillian. apologies. Lillian. Lillian. Priscelli. Thank you very much for putting your name forward. We need more young people involved in in local politics or in politics young? generally. Yeah. And um, uh, it's wonderful to see that you're willing to step She's up and get in the also race. Also, one of our newest Twitter followers again at RCP Twitter. Uh, so Lillian, get at us. Come, come talk to us. Come what hang out. What do we out. know about Lillian? I believe from my expert millennial creeping skills is that she <laughs> still lives in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So went to the University of Windsor, works for the Senate, still lives in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, Lillian, let me know. The website was a little vague, but did uh, talk about some community building. She apparently had a Father's Day event at Gino Marcus. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to know more. So let us know. What did I say, John? So there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't like candidates who don't live in the city. Seems kind of weird to me, but best of luck, Lillian. I don't know a lot about you. You work for the Senate, so there's one strike. Uh, Muhammad Johns, he's been around for a long time. He's ran a few different things. Uh, I do agree with Kieran. I'm going to be nicer about it because I'm just generally nicer than Kieran. Uh, Paul Borelli is a very beautiful counselor. <laughs> He, yeah, he's the, he's the worst counselor I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't hold back. Yeah, he's terrible. And my ex-cat could actually be a better counselor yes, than he could. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting race in 10 because you're probably going to have a lot of people running against Paul. So I think we're going to run in the same situation as uh, once we had with Credit Card Boy over there. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Always good to have more candidates. Uh, the Ward 5 one kind of irritates me that she doesn't live here. I don't know anything about her. Uh, and then Mohammed, maybe we know a little too much about Mohammed, but... On to Pat. Actually, I don't know too much about Muhammad. I haven't followed uh, his particular career, but I, I do know that he's uh, thrown his hat in the ring uh, several times. Lillian, I don't know anything about Lillian. I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach here. Um, I heard uh, a student. I don't know if that's the is that is that why there's an assumption that uh, she's younger. Well, yeah, that she graduated like. Two years ago. Okay, I never make that assumption as a as a uh, ad, adult I saw, educator. I, I, I've seen it a never it of never her. goes. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. a different story. Okay, Benjamin so Bunsen so uh, let's assume right. she's young. That's great. Uh, either way, I also assume that she's a woman, and I think we need more women running. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, somebody who's worked uh, at the Senate um, and you know um, it obviously has a, a political 
uh, interest, and that's all really good, and that's how you get the bug. And I assume that she may originally be from Windsor, because why come back to Windsor? So I don't, uh, I, I'm going to take a bit of a different uh, path here than uh, Dawn. I think that we should never be critical of our young people or even our old people uh, who have um, have ties and roots to our community and have needed or, or through choice to better themselves by either going to school somewhere else or going and find work because that's what they needed to do and then coming back. I think we need to welcome people uh, back to our community and um, this is not an out-of-towner if she's from here. So you know what? Don't do that. Go. You're, you're going to make that go off on? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make anything happen. Yeah, so the uh, although I got no time, okay. so the only thing I want to say on this is that Ward 10 is going to be crazy crowded again. Um, and the debacle we had in Ward 10 last time, I think, is the best argument for uh, reform of the way we elect councillors. Either um, we should have instant runoff voting or we should have primaries because nobody should get elected with whatever 22% of the vote. Okay, next topic. Um, Windsor Mayor wants 12 new police officers downtown to battle addiction-related crime. Mayor Dilkins is proposing something called Problem-Oriented Policing Unit. He said he's disturbed by an uptick in property and violent crime in the city's core. Uh, The quote from the mayor, it's basically dealing with some of the property nuisance issues we see, obviously some of the violent crime. Just because you're addicted does not give you a license to commit crime. Um, He would like to have 12 full-time officers dedicated for now to the downtown core. Um, Hotel Du Grace Healthcare uh, CEO Janice Kaffer took a different approach, and the quote from her, um, as a health professional, I don't believe that's the appropriate first response of our community. To me, one of the biggest problems we have in our community is a lack of coordinated and integrated addiction treatment resources. Kieran, starting with you. I'm getting tired of uninformed and stupid takes on how to deal with the opioid epidemic in our community. I'm getting fed up with it. And the mayor said some stupid things in the context of this. What he's doing is stupid. He shouldn't, throwing junkies in jail or addicts in jail just because you're, you're not dealing with the problem up with, with the core problems is, uh, to me is the complete wrong approach. The idea that you can solve this problem by throwing a bunch of people in jail is misinformed. It's irresponsible from a fiscal perspective, and it's a misallocation of funds. This is a, a mental health and addictions issue that needs to be treated and, and dealt with from a, on a comprehensive level with uh, investments in mental health, in addictions, uh, um, uh, uh, in addictions programs, and not with a bunch of extra cops who are just going to round people up on the streets and throw them in jail. Next up. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, fastest Uh, lightning round contribution ever. (laughs) Um, uh, Although I will point, uh, say that uh, Councillor Bordelin was on the radio this morning talking about how uh, while he he very much puts in that um, this is not the solution to the opioid crisis, that uh, there hasn't been any um, extra support being given to downtown by the Windsor Police in quite a number of years. So my understanding is that he was supportive of, of additional supports wherever they come from, although this is not the solution. So uh, I agree. I think um, this is not where it needs to come into. This is not for people who are dealing with addictions. This is for people who are coming downtown who want to see more police presence. 
and um, it's going to determine where you are in your life, where you are socioeconomically, that are the police, more police, is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? Are you going to be targeted more? Are you going to be harassed a little bit more? Or are you going to feel safer? Those are going to be coming from two different points of views. So I don't think that the mayor really cares that much about people who are going through addictions. If he did, he put a lot more money into Coast, uh, which is a program um, through the Windsor Police that is uh, dedicated and does not have the resources needed to really support the issues that we're dealing with downtown. Um, I think that's where that needs to come into. He, there was a mention, again, when I heard this uh, broadcast, that um, some of these officers will have more mental health training, more addictions training. But really, if this is the last case scenario, dealing with, uh, let's say, a diabetes problem by just saying, okay, well, we need more ambulances, you're not getting to the real root of the issue. Great take, Sarah. Yeah, great one. Let's see what Don's got. <laughs> I'm not going to use the term junkie, Karen, but uh, (laughs) I guess uh, I I guess two points on that. I think we do need more police downtown. Uh, I think the opioid situation and the mayor's comments were stupid. Um, That's consistent with him, though. Uh, But I do think we do have a lot of issues downtown that could involve some more police that will actually help the violent crime issues. You know, there's been some issues where people have been stabbed down there recently. you know, we all know about the alley light situation. That's so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have more police officers downtown and focus on the downtown. The opioid issue is a completely other issue, and for the mayor to kind of drag that into this whole thing is just stupid. Because you know, I've had friends who have died from, you know, addiction issues, and it's it's not there's nothing funny about it, and there's they shouldn't just be thrown in jail because that's not going to help anybody. Uh, but again, I do think we need more policing downtown, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. It just depends how it's going to roll, be rolled out and what their focus is going to be. If their focus is going to be, as Kieran says, just throwing junkie, junkies in jail, then it's stupid. There's a uh, beeping. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. That's my take on that. Okay. And Pat? Well, I thought it was funny that... Uh, no way. <laughs> that's not funny at all. I'm just going to keep talking until the show's over. But there is a beeping thing happening again. You know that thing in my... Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I thought it was funny that uh, Dawn um, actually corrected or or pointed out use of language from Jiren. (laughs) But... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm Um, the voice of reason on this show. We all know that. But um, I think that if there's any doubt that the mayor uh, intends to uh, indicate that he's going to be seeking re-election, this is a really good example of it. Um, This is, you know, this is, and he's not communicating, uh, interestingly enough, even though the um, investment uh, in law enforcement is in the downtown core, this is not really for the downtown people. He's communicating to his base um, that is a little tired of hearing about our issues in the downtown core. That's that's my view on it. I think it's completely political. I think it's actually, you know, so this is all my, my conspiracy theories, he may want to call them. I think it's also tied into some recent uh, not-so-good news about investigation on the Windsor Police Services Board, and I think there's some positioning here and some choices being made about um, where we're going to invest in law enforcement, and he's taken an easy path, and, it's, and you know, it says it right in there, he's going to crack down on drug use. What it does that, you know, you're going to put, you know, $1.3 million proposal, and as uh, Sarah mentioned so so well, um, that if you really wanted to take a look at the 
the problem and you know with even that kind of a budget that you could do a, a number of things in order to address that issue um, but clearly all you're saying is that you need law enforcement now again if it's if it's for for sense of safety in the downtown core I think we do need um, uh, more police services in in the core but not um, uh, with this approach, not for this reason. And so um, I'm, I'm a little concerned where this is going and what message this sends. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I think that uh, there's, to some extent, this is like weirdly echoes the 1972 uh, re-election campaign of Richard Nixon. Like this whole, you know, we've got to crack down on these hoodlum stuff mm -hmm. is uh, a little dated, I think. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Pat, because you break the rules anyway. Hmm. Uh, on this, the final topic on the show, um, it looks like we're not going to get to a couple of our uh, other lightning topics. Windsor Police and Board uh, under investigation by provincial watchdog. Yeah, no way am I going to talk about that for one minute. In fact, um, I'm going to I'm going to actually do a teaser right here because right. you you know. So for those that are listening, we were supposed to do like 15 minutes on that topic. I actually pulled um, a, um, a lot of information on this, uh, including the minutes of the Windsor Police Services going back uh, quite a bit. Uh, and I have some interesting things to say that I'm not going to say in 30 seconds because it won't be communicated. So that's all I have to say. Listen to Patreon. Okay, that? uh, that's awesome. So instead of we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> hold the rest of that topic all for right. Patreon. Uh, so all of you folks, uh, subscribe Patreon.com/slash Rose City Politics, and we're gonna close the show by listening to the people. Uh, we got a few comments from Twitter. Um, so uh, Joey Wright who I believe is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is also running in Ward 5, uh, comments, I don't know much about um, Lillian either, but I'm glad to see a younger person getting involved in the electoral process. Um, then his next tweet, let's deal with addiction and mental health. Throwing people in jail is only going to exacerbate the problem. It's not even about, sorry, I agree with Joey, and I, I just want to interrupt here because I heard it, this is the second time we talked about throwing people in jail. It's not even about throwing people in jail. It's the contact that we have to people in our community and how we approach it and who we think should be approaching it. I mean, it's not even uh, the jail issue. And of course, that's only one part of it. But I think we, we undermine our own argument when we're only talking about the fact that they may but be thrown in jail. But this is what the mayor is proposing right. to do. Mm -hmm. This is his response to this issue. And it's wrongheaded. Yeah, it's proven to be counterproductive over has five been. decades. Has of this Somebody read a peer-reviewed document, yeah. please. Like seriously, well, like now. Uh, and and finally, um, the last word on the show goes to Sarah Sipkar, uh, who states, "I 100% agree with Kieran." Ma oh, forget it. Never there mind. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree with Kieran McKenzie on his stance regarding downtown policing. I also think it is in response to the OPS site application, as they are now quote unquote hmm. concerned about the site proliferating crime which is contrary to research. Right. I okay. agree with that. I wanted to so I'm glad that she raised that because that is I think it's 100% a direct response. To Kieran agrees with Sarah who agrees with him. Yeah. This wow. is what we heard. Thanks for the thanks family. for tweeting Sarah and yeah. to Joey and I guess we're not going to get to council adopts initiative to uh, increase diversity. No, we're not, no. which is really unfortunate because there's there's some stuff that we're going to save this for next week. So okay. I don't so care. Save it. That's so sincere. Though. This, this is, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's some, <laughs> there's some good stuff in here that I want to talk about. Uh, All so right. we'll come back to that topic and we won't forget. Uh, so I want to thank the panel, Pat Papadeus, delightful and dangerous Don Merrifield, uh, Sarah Morris, who doesn't get a nickname. 
Uh, and, and, uh, killer Kieran McKenzie. Come on, come on. The I'm killer. <laughs> Except the junkies, okay. apparently. Uh, Thanks, thanks for to everyone uh, for listening. Thanks to um, Reno's Kitchen for uh, uh, hosting us and allowing us to use this delightful studio, the Kitchen Studios. And thank you to the delightful Lauren Hedges for um, taking care of business and making us sound good. If you noticed that there was a point in time when we started to sound like an actual radio show again, that's about when Lauren started. So thank you very much. I'm Doug Sartori, and I want to thank you all once again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rosé Politics. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Just search for Rosé Politics. On Twitter, at RCP Windsor. Or visit us at rosépolitics.ca. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber to help support production costs. You'll find the link on the homepage of Rosé Politics. Until next week. <laughs>